the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Today we continue in our series entitled Courageous Christians, and our hope with this series is to let the light of the gospel shine into each of our days through our amazing guests who are living Christian lives, and more than that, courageous Christian lives. And as I was listening to the intro of the show, the part about we are Christian warriors, and we can't forget that Jesus stood against the entire world, a man alone standing against the temple and the religiosity that had lost the heart of God and the Roman Empire. And what I hope you hear from this series is that each of our courageous Christians is a warrior for God. And he calls them and they answer that call in all sorts of different ways. And then they bring that uh, response, their heart's response to his love. They bring that to bear on everything they do. And joining us today to talk about his journey in faith is Pastor Brian Rungi, the Director of Ministry Relations for KKHT. Pastor Brian, welcome. Hey, thanks. It's great. I'm glad to be here today, and uh, hopefully we'll have something that the Lord will give us about being individual Christian warriors in our lives today at this at this moment when we need it. Amen. Amen. We certainly do need it, and that voice is the voice of my faithful and amazing wingman, Christy Stratton. Hello, everyone. Hi, Brian. Hey, Christy. Friends, before we begin, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Pastor Brian, would you please pray for us? I will. Heavenly Father, I just uh, thank you for this day you've given to us. Your word tells us Uh, This is the day that you have made, and we'll rejoice and be glad in it. Father, I just want to ask you to help us to be 
Christian warriors. We live in an age when a lot of people are uh, moving away from, especially from the faith of the Bible. Uh, but it's, it's a day when it's never been more important that we stand up. So we just ask that as we talk today that you would open our hearts and open our minds so that we can be stronger, uh, stronger, courageous Christians in a culture uh, that in many ways does not know what, what that is. But we know that you are the author of courage, and you give it to your, us through your Holy Spirit. So we ask for you to be with us at this time. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And friends, you know, this is a unique ministry because most of our thoughts on Christianity are about evangelizing and calling people to Christ. But this ministry is about equipping Christian warriors. This ministry is about you, a Christian, and helping to arm you in this spiritual war, the love and compassion of Christ, but also his strength and amazing resolve in the face of all sorts of struggle and hardship. Pastor Brian, it's great to have you with us to begin to ask you uh, about your journey. Where did it start? Well, my journey started actually in a couple of places. First of all, my grandfather was a pastor, and that was in Marshalltown, Iowa. Uh, I was born in Ames, Iowa, which is about 30 miles to the west. That's where Iowa State University is. And, And I would say this, I was raised... Um, you know, in a Christian home, great Christian home. But it really wasn't until in my Lutheran church, St. Paul Lutheran Church in Ames, Iowa, when I was in eighth grade, we went through confirmation. That was three years of Wednesday night training, two years taught by lay people, one by the pastor. But it wasn't until the very end when we were preparing to stand up in front of the church that the pastor hauled us each individually into his study. I can still smell the smoke on his pipe as he was smoking a pipe, and I was sitting in that chair probably shaking as he was asking me the questions. And I don't know if you're familiar with these questions. I now know them today as the Kennedy evangelism explosion questions from uh, Dr. D. James Kennedy at Coral Ridge Presbyterian in Florida. But my pastor sat down with me, and he said, you know, Brian, if you were to die today, do you know whether or not you would live with God forever in heaven? And I, I, I honestly have to tell you, Richard, I had never thought about that. You know, here I am in eighth grade, been to Sunday school. I'd never thought about that. And I said, well, I don't know. So then after a long silence, then he said, well, if you were to stand before God and he asked you, uh, why should I permit you to live with me forever in heaven? What would you say? Now, I do remember what I said. I said, well, I guess I should go because I'm no worse than anybody else. And <laughs> I, <laughs> Out of the mouth of I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I now know from that that was the wrong answer. <laughs> well, you, anyway. you started learning early. Well, I kind of get it because I remember when I showed up at Marine Officer Candidate School, you're obviously very intimidated, and I looked around right. and... I looked at some of the guys who didn't look like they were in very good shape, and I'm like, if that guy can make it through here, I can make it through here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if that guy's getting into I, heaven, I'm getting into I heaven. don't know that if that's how it works. I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what happened after that? Well, after that, he got out his Bible, Ephesians 2, and explained to me that it was by grace, 
through faith in Jesus Christ that I could know for sure that I was going to heaven. And I will tell you, that was a light bulb moment for me. And I look back, you know, you know, I, here's what I would say, probably for a lot of us, was I a Christian before that? I think maybe so, maybe. But this was the moment that God really used for me to have clarity. And, you know, I often look back and say, hey, if that pastor wouldn't have lovingly sat down with me in kind of a dark, dingy study, smoking a pipe while he asked me these questions, I, I don't know whether I would be a Christian today. So I've always looked at that as the moment where my life was changed, and I knew for sure that it wasn't by doing something great, but it was because of what Jesus did and because of God's grace that I know that I'm going to heaven. And I've never doubted it since. It's just that was the time. Uh, two things I heard there. Number one, all of our guests, uh, I can't say all of them, many slash most of our guests uh, are courageous Christians in this series have had a very early experience with Jesus through family. Um, mm -hmm. Pastor Aaron and... Uh, who? Mary, Mary. Mary. No, uh, no, no. Uh, Pastor Aaron and Judge Mack both said that they had a drug problem because their moms, <laughs> their mom and their grandmother drugged them to church. And uh, I actually just flew with a guy who said that uh, as a kid, he used to go to church every Sunday and as a little kid, he really loved it. And then he said something bad happened and his mom didn't want to take them to church anymore. And uh, I thought uh, it was heartbreaking for me to hear that. So it's a very important moment there at eighth grade that you realize what Revelation says is true, that nothing corrupt will be in heaven with God. And yeah. so yeah. the question is, how do we get from here to there? Uh, when I talk to Jews who don't know Jesus, uh, I ask them about Isaiah chapter 1, I think it's verse 19, and I'll say, when God said to Isaiah, come, let us reason together, though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. How did he plan to do that? And most of them will say, I don't know. But the truth is, many Christians probably can't really answer that. And yeah. I said, well, the how he plans to do that is Jesus. And that's the new covenant. And so mm -hmm. thank you, God, for that, for rescuing us from our self-righteousness and our sin and giving us the chance to be with him in heaven forever. So that was eighth grade, and what happened next? Well, I think probably like a lot of people in eighth grade going into high school, I was probably more peer pressure led through, you know, through that time of my life. I don't, you know, I was never a bad kid, but I just never was particularly committed. The interesting thing is, and I guess it's interesting, I'm the director of ministry relations at a radio station, because there was a program during those, oh, I would say junior high to high school years on the, on the radio called Powerline by a guy named John Rivers, who just passed away, I think, in the last couple of years ago. And he did a program on KSBJ called, across the country, called Countdown magazine. He did that for years before he passed away. But it was one particular, it was the influence of music. And I remember through that, suddenly that was when contemporary Christian music started to come alive. And there was a group called the Talbot Brothers that uh, happened to end up with a guy 
I mean, they had they had not been Christians. One became an evangelical. The other, John Michael Talbot, became a Roman Catholic monk. And I'll never forget hearing that music and saying, wow. And again, I think it was the influence of that kind of music on the radio in my life that provided something away from church. You know, I was still going to church, that kind of thing, that allowed me to see that there was a life that you could have that was Christian outside of church. Wow, that and is... those mu- musicians were huge in my life. That is a, a brilliant understanding of that. Why is it so hard for Christians to understand that our faith is not what we do for an hour on Sunday, but it's everything about us? And uh, at work, uh, this fellow yeah. told me that his wife had been ill. And I said, can I pray with you? I'm at work. And we're standing in our uniforms and I put my hand on his shoulder and I just prayed for his wife and her health and healing and his family. And so um, you make a very good point that hearing the name of Jesus, the story of Jesus outside of church is an invasion of the secular world. And so for you, it was through contemporary music. Right, Um, right. Yeah, that is a fantastic story. And oftentimes, if I'm having a little trouble getting centered, because I'm going from place to place, life's moving very fast, I'm probably working harder than I should or more than I should, I will do that thing that I don't love so much, which is say, Siri, play praise and worship music. And Well, you love the praise and worship music, but the Siri... I don't like the Siri part, (laughs) but I love the praise and worship music, and I love the fact that it permeates my every waking moment. And we're going to talk more with Pastor Brian Rungi when we come back. Stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Stratton. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of the show in our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. And we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission in this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281 281- Eight zero zero four nine four zero, and for a donation of twenty five dollars or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, "Right Makes Might: Forty Days to Courageous Christianity." You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to become more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit for you, you can also donate by going to courageouschristianity.today. today. So, text to donate to two eight one eight hundred forty nine forty, or go to courageouschristianity.today. today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, this is Richard Mandelow, and you're listening to Courageous Christianity. We're talking to Pastor Brian Rungi, the Director of Ministry here at KKHT. And part of our Courageous Christian series, we're learning about his faith, and he said that his grandfather was a pastor and very influential in his early life, and that at eighth grade... He came to Jesus in seriousness when he was asked, if you died today, uh, would you go to heaven? And Christy made an interesting observation that all of our guests 
had uh, early experience with Jesus through a very influential figure. And that figure was generally a family member. And uh, as I've said before, as my son has grown up and gone out on his own and he now has a dangerous job, I realize the only thing I can send with him every day off to work is his relationship with Jesus. And so the question I would ask parents and uh, in this difficult time as the schools lean on our kids and peer pressure leans on our kids is if you're not telling your children about Jesus and showing him, showing them your love of Jesus, what are they learning? What are they learning that is important? But back to Pastor Brian, and so now you're heading off to college. Uh, your call to ministry, when did that happen? Call to ministry would have been at the end of college, but there's an important step before I get there. I moved into a fraternity because, like a lot of young people coming out of high school, I was sick of being at home. Now, I had great parents, by the way, but, you know, we all go through our time where we have to figure out who we are, and I thought, I have got to get out of here. So I moved into Animal House. Yikes. And for all the wrong reasons, just trying to figure out who I was, but I was suddenly confronted with dramatically unchristian living. But I w- I'll tell you, that God, God has a plan for you wherever you are. At my first house meeting at uh, the Alpha Sig House at Iowa State University, um, there was one young guy who was, we were pledges, and I was brand new to the house, and he would stand up and read out of the Bible at, the, uh, at Animal House. You could cut the tension in that room with a knife as he would read the Bible. And he did that two or three times in meetings. And I finally um, hauled him aside. I said, you know what? Um, I agree with what you're saying. But the way this is going, you might not be around here much longer. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, we we met together and became close friends. He became the best man at my wedding. Uh, later on, but we started a small group Bible study, then we sought help from, at that time, the only group that we knew that was kind of working around the campus, and it was Campus Crusade for Christ. And we started a Bible study, started learning how to share the four spiritual laws with people, and I will tell you, Richard, that changed our lives, because suddenly, as we started on that spiritual journey, all kinds of conflict came. Um, conflicts on what kind of movies we were going to watch or what, as our little Bible study grew, we didn't, we're not into some of the um, risque movies. We ended up with a lot of conflict, but a lot of dialogue about faith. And we started seeing people come to faith. Just, we didn't necessarily even know what we were doing, but that changed our lives. That's... We were listening to that. The amazing Christian story in that is your friend who decides he's going to read the Bible in an inhospitable place, a hostile place. And first it changed you, and because it changed you, now if you think about all the people you've touched, that his courageous Christianity has had such far-reaching implications and effects through you is the whole power of Christianity. 
of courageous Christianity. And there's one other thing that you said in there that I just want to so emphasize for people. One of the major steps to being a courageous Christian is turning your back on your old ways, turning your back on the world. Right. And when you speak your faith openly with resolve, a lot of the factors in your life that you don't want will go away and things will get a lot simpler because you'll have fewer uh, issues. So the first part of counterinsurgency is division to divide the insurgent from the population because they prey on the population. And so right. Jesus spoke to that in Matthew ten thirty four and Luke twelve fifty one when he said, Do not suppose that I come to bring peace. I come to divide. And so when we speak in faith with courage and resolve, a lot of the things that are bad for us go away of their own volition. They want no yeah. part of us, and thank you, God, we want no part of that. So, as I've said before, the, the problem solves itself. But so that was a major impact, and then you graduated, and then you went on to ministry immediately, or did you get into the secular world? Yeah, no, I went to seminary. That whole Bible study of, of men, most of us went into some form of ministry. One, one went on staff with Campus Crusade. Um, we still check in with each other. Uh, Scott, who became my best man in my wedding, he's a pastor out in Pennsylvania today, and actually his kids are in the military, and his uh, father-in-law ended up to be a chaplain in the Navy. It's just, it's amazing what God does, and, um, you know, and you just see the fruit, and, and he, but it was through difficulty, because I remember a story that I can tell you. When I, I came home one time from class, sitting down to eat a late pelly because our cook had made a late lunch. We'd had a intermural, inter-house football game that ended up being the Christians versus the Lions. <laughs> because, <laughs> I'd like to see that. <laughs> yeah, so, so the guys who weren't Christians said, we're going to put all you Christians on one team. Well, I wasn't the athlete. But wow. the other guys were, and actually the Christians won. Yeah. So we were super proud. <laughs> but I mean... We had real tension. The guy sat down next to me at my leg plate, and he smashes all of my potato chips on the plate and looks at me, dead serious, Richard, and says, that's what I think of Christian. Shame. And, and he was angry that the Christians had, um, had won the, the football game. But, <laughs> yeah. that, but still, you know, when you're in college and that kind of stuff happens in what you're calling, quote, a secular brotherhood, um, that's real tension, and but it teaches you that even in small ways, there's persecution if you're a Christian, yeah. and um, you don't necessarily seek it out, but it happens to you at, suddenly at the funniest times at a dinner table, right? Yeah, I don't think in this day and age when the enemy has come out into the open with unheralded, just, I'm at a loss for the way things have gone, but... I'm happy about it because the more out in the open the enemy is, the more you know who the enemy is, and it's easier to separate. And so when you look at the state of Texas and the abortion ruling, and I just saw that uh, Oregon is no longer going to trade with Texas or whatever. Right, Um, right. Well, you know what? Oregon doesn't have that much to trade because it has sold its soul to the devil. 
And so there's not really anything of value that Oregon has that we need because guess what? The things of value belong to God and everything else is transitory, temporary, and worthless. And so that is a prime example of how Texas stands up for the lives that God creates fearfully and wonderfully. And guess what? Oregon goes away. So, yay, that's one less state we have to contend with in uh, the buffoonery of these times. I think it's important to note that there, there's big events like that, but and, and I'm going to have to spend some time with the smashing of the potato chips. Yeah. But there's little <laughs> little things that are also huge that we don't realize. It's just that small chipping away. Like I can think of someone who said to me before when I've said something about my faith, "Oh yeah, you're really involved in that stuff." And it's like those little right. tiny chips Digs. away, yeah. yeah, that you don't realize. So that. are you upset about the chips or? Um, I'm very. I'm interested in the. Uh, I, I'm interested in the chips, maybe because I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, who yeah. doesn't love chips? So uh, then you went to seminary. Yeah, and actually, I think um, it, it was kind of for me. It was. Do I want to go into a parachurch organization like today? Campus Crusade is crew on campuses, and that just isn't where God was leading me. I, I got engaged to Jill, my wife now, and. We just felt like the Lord was calling us into ministry, so we went to seminary. And and that was another great thing. But here's the other thing that I learned at seminary. You're not immune to spiritual battle. Um, one of the things that I was surprised at was people who would go to seminary but would drink way too much. Um, and I remember some parties that were inappropriate, and I'm just kind of going, Wow. I didn't know this would happen in a Christian environment. The world is there, too. So you then, again, you still, there's a a line. Am I going to be a part of people who are studying for ministry who are really not living a Christian life? And I remember standing at a Rexall Drugs in St. Louis after there had been a particularly um, rowdy party on the seminary campus, you know, and listening to the, uh, quote, secular people talking about how bad the guys were training for the ministry. Wow. So, you know, we're not immune from that in the Christian community. The devil is there planting himself wherever he can, so we have to be aware of that wherever we are. You know, you have to be courageous wherever you are in life. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to laugh when I tell you this story, but on our combat outpost there in the middle of nowhere, Afghanistan, uh, every now and then there would be a negligent discharge of a weapon. So on the combat outpost where weapons are not even supposed to be loaded, uh, mm-hmm. a Marine accidentally uh, chambers around and fires around and so it wasn't just the enemy outside, but sometimes even on the combat outpost. And the way you avoid that is with brilliance in the basics, the basics of your firearm. And the way Christians avoid that is with brilliance in the basics, asking yourself, who am I? How do I want to represent God? What do I do that glorifies him? Am I praying? Am I in worship? Am I reading my Bible? Brilliance in the basics because the devil is everywhere and the worst thing you can do is pretend that he's not. And if you stay with us, folks, you're going to hear more from Pastor Brian Runge. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now our veterans need your help. 
Hi, friends. I'm Christy Stratton, Richard Mindelow's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives in military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, for almost 18 months, Christy Stratton has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of courageous faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings us to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical and behavioral assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You will want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over the last 72 shows on Courageous Christianity, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. What a friend we have in Jesus. Friends, you're listening to Courageous Christianity, and I'm Richard Mendelo, and that beautiful voice is Chad Strader singing about the love of Jesus. And before we went to break, I mentioned the bill that has recently been signed in Texas. And I said abortion bill, what I meant to say was the heartbeat bill, which protects unborn life that has an identifiable heartbeat. And it was in response to the passage of that heartbeat bill that the amazing state of Oregon has decided that they no longer want to do business with Texas. And the point that I made is when you express your faith loudly, openly, and with the same resolve that the enemy expresses their disdain with, then Basically, there's a separation that takes place. There's a division that takes place. And Jesus said in Matthew 10, 34, Do not suppose that I come to bring peace. I do not come to bring peace, but a sword. I will set a man against his father. So in insurgencies, the rebels hide among the population. That's always one of their centers of gravity. It's always one of their strengths. And one of the first 
uh, needs of a counterinsurgent is to take steps to separate the insurgents from the population on which they prey. And so this bill is an example of standing firm in faith, and then it has the effects that God orchestrates. And Pastor Brian talked in the first segment about his friend who, at the Animal House fraternity that they were pledging, read scripture from the Bible, and that caused division to the extent that uh, Pastor Brian got his potato chips smashed after a Christian football game. (laughs) And that's what upset Christy about the whole story, was the potato chip smashing event. But it speaks to hostility. And then Pastor Brian said that he was surprised when he went to seminary that Christians acted badly. Yet there's scripture which says, my name is blasphemed among pagans because of you. So, brilliance in the basics, we can never lower our guard. It happens one day at a time that we bring ourselves to Jesus. And I also mentioned that I recently read in my Billy Graham devotional, Hope for Each Day, he asked the question at the end of one devotional, he says, what difference will Jesus make in your life today? And I think that's such a powerful question as we basically take it one day at a time and don't allow events to snowball, try to keep things moving slowly, brilliance in the basics, and then we allow God to have his way. So, Pastor Brian, uh, you've gone to ministry, and what was next? Well, when you were mentioning Billy Graham, I want to segue there. I think one of the things I started learning through the whole thing is the importance whether you're a pastor, whether you're a college student in a fraternity, at a certain point in that time frame, I learned how important it was to have personal worship every day. Mm, yeah. And I, I think I really learned that by being discipled by a great guy at Iowa State and carried that. And then one of the things he said to me, why don't you seek out, one thing you need to do is seek out at every phase of your life a brother in Christ, sister in Christ, uh, or someone, I think it's good for men, man on man, woman on woman, to have somebody that's your friend who's further along the road than you are. And it's important to practice personal worship where you have time in God's Word, and I assure you that He will speak to you wherever you're at, whether you're in the Marines or if you're a pastor or if you're working in radio. But if you don't have that daily time with your Heavenly Father and somebody else who you're accountable to, you're in trouble. You just, um, you, you just said that God will even speak to Marines. Is that what I'm, is that yeah, what I'm yeah, hearing? Right. <laughs> Marine. Well, you are, yeah. and so I think he's right. <laughs> yeah, whoa, Turbo, what's happening here? Last week, yeah. Mary Scally told me I was bald, or the week before that, now you just said God will even speak to Marines. Let me just say this. The last verse of the Marines hymn says, If the Army and the Navy ever gaze on heaven's scenes, they will find the streets are guarded by United States Marines. So there's that. I mean, oh, wow. Yeah. That, that's cool. I'm just teasing you. So can I just ask no. you this? For somebody who's listening, when you say personal worship, what is that to you? Well, to me, I have a very simple formula. I think it's important to be in Scripture, either through a devotional, but it's got to be something that takes you to the pages of God's Word, the Bible, not just people's thoughts about that, 
For me, it also involves worship. And one of the things I love about today and YouTube, and I think maybe the God-given purpose of YouTube, is to allow super easy access to worship music that really speaks to your heart. Um, it, it can be different, can be hymns for some people, more traditional. It can be more contemporary for others, but um, I think, and then prayer. You talk back to your father about what's really going on in your life. And I don't think without that, um, we're whole. I will tell you that the the greatest resource that I use right now is a little daily devotional that's published by Ann Graham Lotz. Um, when I can't actually do more thorough scripture study, it's called Daily Light. And when I pulled, I was actually given this in 1999 by in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, by a prayer partner from Promise Keepers who was a veteran. And he he'd used it for years and gave it to me. And um, when I looked at it, I thought, wow, this is really awesome that they took a computer and themed all this stuff until I looked that it was done in 1794 by Samuel Bangster. And I thought, oh, they didn't use a computer. <laughs> wow. Or it was but, a very slow one. <laughs> yeah. and But then later on, just this last year, I was researching the Bagster family. And I think they were Puritans back in the day uh, or of that kind of lineage. And they had, I think the Bagsters had 10 kids. They used to sit around the dinner table reading those scriptures, and they wrote a book based on their family devotion. What a powerful testimony it would say they would sit there for two or three weeks praying over particular sections if God wanted them to use scriptures. And, it, you know, we don't have to write a book, but there are so many great devotions, uh, devotional uh, resources. But the most important one is the Bible itself, and we need to be students of that or something's missing. It's uh, very true. So I start each day... Firstly, I kneel in front of my uh, recliner and I pray and I try to slow myself down and center myself and ask God mm -hmm. to help me. And then I will sit and read a devotional, which exactly as you said, there'll be a scripture or there'll be an idea that causes me to go somewhere in the Bible. And I'll either get to the place that I'm looking for or on the way there, I'll get sidetracked by something else. And I always believe that's God moving me to what he wants me to see. And mm -hmm. then I'll end up mm -hmm. in that new place or the place I was originally going to. And I'll, uh, certain words will resonate with me and I will maybe look them up or maybe think about other scripture that's related. And you just kind of sit there and you let all of this come to you. And in that quiet time, God will speak to you. And friends, I will say this, sometimes, like the other day, I had to get up at 2.30 in the morning uh, for an early departure, and I didn't do that. And I honestly think that the rest of my day was colored by the absence of that 15 minutes, that, that yeah. centering uh, worship time. And yeah. Uh, yeah. you're right, you know what, at the very least, you can listen to worship music in the car, and that helps me as well. So... Over the course of your ministry, as we come to the end of the third segment, it's quite obvious that God has moved you in some amazing directions, and mm -hmm. now you handle ministry efforts here at KKHT. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And who knows 
the, the, the ripples because what people may not understand about radio is you don't know who's listening. Um, We see the downloads of the show, and we we see the interest by the downloads, but in terms of who's just driving along in their car, and maybe they pull up at the store and they sit there in the parking space because they want to hear the end of this one segment or something. That's what always happens to me. Yeah. And you just never know. So amazingly, from that courageous kid in college at the Animal House who read his scripture... Regardless of the hostile environment in which he stood and the impact that it had on a young Brian Rungi, and here we are a couple years later, I won't say how many years later, because you are doing this amazing work here. And friends, I have to tell you how incredibly supportive Pastor Brian has been of our ministry. Absolutely. And so as he supports us in the work we do, just imagine the full extent of those ripples and the way God has worked in that. So Pastor Brian, here we are, and I'm going to ask you to prepare to answer this question in the next segment that we have asked of all of our guests. You better wait. (laughs) I'm going to wait, but it's a very important question, and I'm going to give you this opportunity to think about it while we go to break, and that is... What is a courageous Christian, or specifically, what is courageous Christianity? Because the impression that I get is it's different for everybody, and there are different faces and actions associated with it, but what they all have in common is a genuine humility and submission and repentance and courage and love of Jesus. And so we're going to talk to Pastor Brian Rungi a little more about that as we go into the fourth segment of our show, Courageous Christianity. Please stay with us, friends. Friends, it's Richard, the host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship, contact us at 281 656 1833 or email us at courageouschristianity at gmail.com. Contact us today to apply as there are some requirements. So give us a call at 281-656-1833 or email us at courageouschristianity at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. I counted the street lights as we headed up to the chapel to pay our last respects. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelo, and we're talking to Pastor Brian Rungi about his courageous Christian journey. And it's mostly just an everyday worship and love of God, and then God controls the many ripples. And Pastor Brian, before we went to the break, we asked you your thoughts about courageous Christianity and how you would define that. What can you tell us? I would define courageous Christianity, and it doesn't matter whether you're, the, you know, the president of the United States in a high position or whether you're a janitor somewhere. A courageous Christian 
is somebody that understands that God has uniquely placed them where they are. And that as God places you where you are, that's the job you're supposed to do. Um, you'd appreciate this story. One of my mentors as a pastor in Oxford, Mississippi, had been a Navy diver, medical doctor, trainer. And he said this uh, to me one time when we were praying together. He was both a pastor and a medical doctor. And, and he said, I've always looked at it this way. God gives each of us a hill to die on. But it's your hill. You, you don't have to be in charge of the whole war, but you need to be close enough to him where you know what hill he wants you to take. And, you know, one of the things, there are days during COVID that I've been very discouraged working remotely by myself, doing mundane computer tasks, thinking, man, I'd really rather be back at the office. Then I'll get done where I've been working on six or seven podcasts for people or radio programs or helping with those things. And then it is though the Holy Spirit just shows me, hey, you're building this person's life. They're speaking to these people. You don't know who they are, but they have a voice. And I think, you know what? All these people have voices. God raised them up, and I'm behind each one of them, helping them fulfill their mission. And it's just awesome. You know, it includes, you know, people like you. It includes our, our other ministries, but everybody has a voice, and we each need to begin to realize that we each have a ministry, and we need to be courageous, and particularly today, spit it out. Um, as you were talking about courageous Christianity, the verse that kind of came to my mind before this whole interview was Ephesians three twenty and 21. When I was particularly struggling with whether to believe in evolution or God created the world, I was minding my own business, not really thinking about anything, and I read this verse. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the Church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. And I, at that time in my life, I was actually thinking, did we evolve? How, could God have figured this out? And then I thought, you know, if God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power, he could have created the world in six seconds. Now, Genesis says six days. So it dawned on me, my mind was limiting what God was able to do, and we have to stop that. So I think if you carry that same kind of God-birthed motivation into anything, even, you know, no matter how small the job, we all have relationships, we're all uniquely placed, so embrace what God has put in front of you today, and that's your calling. That's that hill for you today. You don't have to do somebody else's hill. You do your hill. And I think that, so that's what a courageous Christian is for me. God bless you. I think that's absolutely fantastic. And funny that you mentioned janitor because Judge Mack, our guest on the show two weeks ago, began in Montgomery County as a janitor. And oh, wow. doing everything as if unto the Lord, he eventually uh, is a judge. And yeah, uh, yeah. I think... And his next book is From Janitor to Judge. 
I think what's so amazing about what you're saying and so important is the way we've expressed it on the show is that everybody's fearfully and wonderfully made and they all have a unique journey in Christ. We each have a unique corner of the battlefield. And yeah. it's in that place that we do our jobs in the knowledge that there's somebody next to you doing their job and somebody on the other side doing their job. And God unites our efforts as we do everything as if unto the Lord, faithfully to him in love. And so the world wants us to believe that if you can't cure all disease, why bother trying to cure one person? But to that one person, it means the world. And so Christianity is extremely little It's very little. It's you and me. It's right here. It's what we can do where we are with what we have. And at the same time, it's a tidal wave. It's an earthquake. It's a tsunami. It's so huge when we each occupy the ground on the spiritual battlefield that we're supposed to occupy with resolve and determination. And so I I love the fact that you've defined things that way. And if I was to say to the guests, uh, critical to that effort, critical to you occupying the ground on the battlefield that you're supposed to is number one, your worship time that Pastor Brian talked about, beginning each day reminding yourself that you're a Christian warrior and that God controls the outcomes. And then the second part is, I think, to not be so busy that you don't have the time to do everything as if unto the Lord. So for me, if I go to the airport a little early, it gives me time to just walk and see people and talk to people and engage people, and that's critical. What do you think, Christy? Mm-hmm. I think one thing uh, Pastor Bryant said was it, a courageous Christian understands that God has placed them where they are. Before you understand, you have to have the knowledge. And a lot of people say knowledge is power, but knowledge is only power if it's applied. And so where do you get that knowledge? It starts with the Word. It that starts worship. every day. Uh, in the morning, but also in the evening, because, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about this probably when I'm on the show, the mind and the subconscious and putting, a, you know, ending the day with that devotional as well. But we, if we're going to understand it, we've got to gain the knowledge first. So it all works together to create that courageous Christian, Amen. at least in my humble opinion. I think that's uh, absolutely perfect. And I think it's true. And that brings us to our moment of truth. As you know, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at scripture, which informs our discussion. And we do this to remind ourselves that God's word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant and that it never fails. And our moment of truth today comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 11. And it really addresses all the things we've talked about. And it says this, not lagging in diligence, being fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. So last week, uh, or the week before, when Judge Max said that his idea of courageous Christianity was four words, he said, just four words, do a little more. And this verse just uh, says just that. And I became so interested in this verse when I saw it in my devotional, I actually went to look up the definitions for diligence and fervent. And diligence means careful and persistent effort and work. And fervent means passionate intensity. And this describes warriors of all kinds, especially Christian warriors. uh, There's passionate intensity. A sermon by St. Philaret of the Eastern Orthodox Church called On Pious Zeal describes this commitment as having 
a boiling eagerness to serve God and to do his will. And everything I've just related came from uh, some worship with me uh, the other day, and God connected all of these things. So friends, we must not lag in diligence, but we must be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Our moment of truth reminds us that ultimately Christianity is about serving God. He restores us and refines us for his service. It's not about us. It's about him. And when we trust in Jesus Christ, our efforts will come together to form that tidal wave. And if anything describes our guest, Pastor Brian Runge, it is that he is diligent in serving the Lord. In my experience with him, he does not mind where the work takes him. He just takes joy in serving. He has been a true friend to Christy and to me personally and in his work for the show. And the truth of what he's saying is, if you make yourself a servant of the Lord, does it matter what work you do? Or is it all just for his glory? And that brings us to our quote of the day from Neil Anderson, who said this, We don't serve God to gain his acceptance. We are accepted, so we serve God. Friends, our faith is about serving God. It is our calling as Christian warriors. It is our duty. It is our honor. And it is our joy. What are we doing that's more important than that? It's that simple. May we each bring all we have to God each day in love and service. And that is Courageous Christianity. Pastor Brian, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your testimony with us and for all the work you do here at the station and in your personal life. It's it's an honor to speak with you today. Joe, it was an honor. It was great to do this. And I didn't even know that I was going to say what I did, but hey, it, 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 it's really meaningful and I hope it's valuable for somebody. Well, did we not pray that the Holy Spirit would speak? That's exactly what I was we thinking. We did. Thank we, you, God. We did. <laughs> and and the point that you make, that we all have a place on this spiritual battlefield, and if we just stand arms linked in the truth of the word, then God can have his way, and we will change this world. At that intersection of faith and the secular world, the courageous Christian will change the world. It all matters. It all yeah. matters. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Uh, very well put. I just mentioned that detective show that I like with a character, a detective who says everybody matters or nobody matters. And so I think it's important and the opportunity that we have to love God and worship him in every single thing we do is a gift. Friends, thank you for joining Christy and me. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM KKHT, The Word at kkht.com or on courageouschristianity.today where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We are so honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and Semper Fi.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.